Hi and welcome to the Happiness Safari podcast. My name is Nadine and I'm so happy you're here on your journey to a happier life. The podcast is here to inspire you to live a healthier and happier life for yourself and the people around you. Do you know the feeling of being dissatisfied or demotivated, surrounded by toxic people and feeling useless? What do you do about it? Today on the podcast, I speak to Darreen, who felt the same way, but then in 2015 quit her job and bought a one-way ticket to South America. Darreen is an avid polyglot traveler who is thirsty for knowledge. She can be passionate on the dance floor, up and hearing the Latin music, or a ninja when in a dojo. Everything happens for a reason is her daily motto. Darreen has been in the field of training for the past 10 years and her ikigai is to teach, inspire, empower and entertain others. She is now the creator of Never Been Friends, which aims at serving the world with better public speakers. Darreen and I speak about how it is to travel alone as a woman in South America, the learnings you get from traveling the world, why it's important to find a job that fulfills you how your perception of happiness can always change, the importance of freedom and why we often take it for granted. From the interview, you will learn how you find a way if you really want something, how you can be happy when you're alone, how not to take things personally, why it's important to cut toxic people out of your life, how discovering yourself can make you happy. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, guys, to the Happiness Safari podcast. And today I'm so delighted to speak to Darreen. She is Lebanese, but is living in Malta at the moment for a long time. And I'm so happy you have the time to talk to me today. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Thank you, Nadine, for inviting your lovely podcast. And I'm really excited to be on your show. I'm feeling very well. I must admit, it's a nice, bright day over here so I feel lucky to be on this tiny island sometimes <laughs> wow yeah I think you are very lucky for most people it's winter at the moment and uh, yeah I think the, the sun is shining where you are <laughs> it looks like it is it is indeed Darine, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about your own personal journey of um, pursuing or finding happiness and when did it start so it all started in 2015, to be exact, at the beginning of summer, where I felt imprisoned, I would say, imprisoned in the sense that I felt dissatisfied. I felt demotivated to go to work, to start with. And then I felt like I was surrounded by, by toxic people or people who were sucking my energy. And, um, and, and and I felt like I'm being useless, literally useless. And I, and I was having a conversation with a very good friend of mine and he told me, what about, what about literally buying a one-way ticket and, and go traveling, backpacking? <laughs> and then I'm like, no, are you crazy? Me quitting everything? And he told me, think about it, and then come back to me. And I went home, and I, I, I was, what is really stopping me from going? Think about it, work, but I'm unhappy. 
family, yeah, I mean, I can always remain in contact with them. I am not committed to a relationship. I didn't have a boyfriend at that time. And I'm like, no, no, I need to do something. Maybe he is right. And then I called him back and I told him, I'm in. That's it. Consider me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to join forces. And he told me, what about heading to South America? And I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing because I consider my, myself as a sort of a born Latina, but maybe, you know, like because I keep on hearing to Latin music, I, I, I dance to Latin music. I have a lot of Latin friends and I'm like, this is it. This is the right moment, you know, to, to pluck up the card and just go. And um, so our first destination was Mexico. We started over there. The initial plan was to travel together. So as soon as we landed in Mexico, we did a two weeks sort of a volunteering job. We were helping out in a guest house. And in exchange, they were giving us accommodation, food, and we were also giving some salsa lessons. And then we proceeded to other countries because remember I said it's a one-way ticket. So we were planning to visit all Central America and then South America. That was the plan. After a couple of weeks, I must say, so we headed to Guatemala and we crossed also Belize and between each other, you know, approached him and I told him, I think it's better if we continue our journey on our own. And he took it a bit badly, you know, and then obviously I... I, I I explained to him why I thought it's better to continue on our own. And this is what we did. So I continued my, my backpacking journey alone. So I continued literally to, to Nicaragua, Salvador, Costa Rica, Panama, Colombia, you know. So in every country, I had my own experiences. And once I was there, I realized what it felt like to be happy, to be free, to do whatever I feel like, to wake up in the morning and decide on the spare of the moment things to do. And it felt so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I promised myself that if I ever go back to Europe, I would go to something which I truly love. Mm. So obviously throughout these these months that I've spent in Latin America, I've learned a lot of things. I appreciated a lot of things. The value of friendship, the value of money, the value of kindness. And this is why I said, if I ever go back to Europe, I need to find that happiness again. Mm. Yeah, so it all started in 2015. And in 2019, obviously in between, I I said, like, I lived in Nicaragua for a long time, almost one year. Wow. And that I got over there, I got closer to, to the community. Because, you know, a lot of people tend to, when they travel, they still stick to their own communities. So they would hang out with backpackers, 
No, uh, what I what I said to myself, I'm like, no, you need to live with the locals. In fact, when I was in, in Sahuan del Sur, it's the place where I was living, I was teaching young kids English, and and over there you see things like, oh my goodness, like you would you would never see them in Europe, you know, like the poverty. But even though they are poor, you will still see them smiling and being happy. So, so yeah, so throughout all these, these months that I've spent over there, I, I came back stronger, or maybe sometimes I like to call it with a crocodile skin, you know? And, and yeah, this is, this is basically my, my moment of demotivation, you know? It kicked in and then to a moment of, of, of happiness. Mm, wow. That sounds like a beautiful journey, an amazing uh, trip. So how many months uh, like, did you spend in total in uh, Central and South America? Um, all, let's put it that way, one year, one year and one month. I just want to go back to the beginning of your story, because I feel that's probably a place where also um, some of our listeners might be. And you said you were just very like unhappy in your life and you felt, yeah, you were kind of on the, in the, at the wrong place and it doesn't really make sense, like what you were doing when your friend suggested to go traveling. I mean, what was your resistance or what was your, your biggest challenge to like really go for it and give up the life you had with all the security and, you know, like a monthly paycheck and <laughs> um, everything which is related to that, pack your bags and travel the world? Obviously, to start with, um, I had to save. I had to save a little bit of money. You know, I just couldn't just go there and see. I mean, there are people who could do there and could do that, and I'm not saying it's a wrong thing. But obviously, I wanted to have some some saved money just just in case something happens, especially when it comes to getting hurt. You know, and um, the worst part, you know, what it is is when you start telling to people that you are going backpacking solo are you crazy you're a female you are going to the most dangerous countries in the world you don't know what might happen to you what if somebody kidnaps you what if what if what if and you know but you have no idea you have not you have never lived there how can you say that based on what so people start telling you their, their opinions, one, without even being asked, because I didn't ask them, you know, their opinions. I was just sharing with them, you know, an exciting day that I was about to do. And secondly, people just come out with, with, with things or statistics which are not true, mm. you know? So, so the main challenge was is me not telling anyone because I wanted to share but at the same time I'm like no I shouldn't share with them because then again I come up with, with you know so when it comes to my family they know me um, I'm a risk taker uh, I love adventure so they were not trying to tell me no don't go they knew that even if they said no I would still do it <laughs> so, so that was the main challenge when it comes to, to money um, apart from the saved amount that I had on the side, I knew if you really want something, you will find a way out. In the sense that 
because some might think, oh, what if I don't find a job? Or what if there is always an option or a way out? Especially, for example, if you don't want to do the luxurious, you know, traveling. In my case, since I was a backpacker, I wasn't expecting to only stay in five-star hotels or in luxurious hostels. I was using, I was using cheap ways how to travel. But sometimes it turned out to be amazing. Mm. For example, I was using couch surfing. And couch surfing is a way to, to mingle with other people and, and get to know the, the culture and, and share opinions, share values. So so and then for example, you can work in certain hostels or in farms or in, in certain outlets. So there's always a way, you know, if you really want to, you can't expect to sit, literally sit, you know, like that and expect money to come knocking at your door. Yeah, if you really want something, then yeah, you, you find a way to, to do it, right? So if people are scared or they have a fear to change their life in, in any kind of way, then you're saying, yeah, what they should remember is if they really want, then there is a way. And that's how you Of course. Basically, yeah. Another another thing that I want to mention is when it comes to safety. It's true. I have been in in very dangerous countries. But don't be misled of what is said out there. I personally never encountered uh, a dangerous situation. Mm. But the trick is, I vouch for it, is to make sure that you blend in blend in within the community that you are. Mm. So don't act like a tourist if you are walking around in a, you know, and, and walking with a flashy, I don't know, jewelry or, or camera or, or, or mobile phone. Certain areas you should avoid carrying around these items. Yeah. But in, in one year, I, I never had any problems. And I was like in countries like in Guatemala, Nicaragua, and Colombia, which are considered to be dangerous. But for me, I I met the most wonderful people ever, really, because they were so helpful. Yeah, I can definitely share that experience. I'm uh, yeah in South America myself at the moment, and I traveled some other countries, more South America than Central America. But what I'm experiencing is all like it's what you hear. Of course, it can be dangerous. Like things happen, they can happen. But it's also how you how you prepare and how you live. I guess which kind and of, which kind of energy you are. The yeah, like how you kind of exactly. walk in the street and how natural it feels to you to be in the country. So I like that blending in. Yeah, what I'm experiencing also and here yeah, they're just the most friendly and helpful people I've ever met I mean they're just so lovely and uh, yeah I guess they are some some bad people like anywhere like you experience I guess um, kind of rubbing and things like that in, in Barcelona which is in, in Europe <laughs> it doesn't sound like I'm just curious was there, was there ever a point where you were um, I mean regretting the decision or where you wanted to come back or where you were like, oh my God, what I was doing here, was there any challenge while you were away? Well, no, I, I never regret going to Latin America. The only reason why I came back to Europe is one, love, <laughs> and two, <laughs> buying a house. 
So the thing is, because I was, so over there throughout my journey, I, I met, I met a guy and, uh, and I was in love, but it wasn't reciprocated apparently because he cheated on me a couple of times. And, and I, and then I'm like, oh no, you know, I need to go back, you know. Mm. because it, it, I was re- reliving the memories. That was the, one of the reasons why I wanted to go back. It was mainly because of love, not because of the people I was surrounded with, not at mm. all. I, I, loved, I loved Latin America. And the other reason is because I wanted to, to buy a house here in Malta, and unfortunately, with the money that you earn, in, in, when I was living, I was living in Nicaragua, it wasn't enough. Mm. That was the reason. So that's why I said, okay, let me go back to, to Europe, uh, buy a house, and eventually come back. Mm. But in the meantime, I fell in love again. <laughs> so that's why I'm, I'm stuck here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but get, but the, fun, the fun part is I fell in love with a, with a, with a Latino, so <laughs> my soul is still attached. <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing and I think yes. that's the best reason to be stuck somewhere or to you know go somewhere and it's, it's love basically I mean that's the yeah the main emotion which should drive us so if you make a decision based on that <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with that this is why I, I said to myself that the moment we stay here for a little bit but we, we I mean we have the plan to move uh, elsewhere and it could be Colombia, it could be, it could be, I don't know, still remain in Europe, but um, we are highly considering Southeast Asia as well. Okay. He's a travel addict. He's a travel addict as well. So okay. so, yeah. I, I found the right partner. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> that sounds yes. perfect. Yeah. So yeah, now you made me curious because um, you also said at the beginning that, yeah, you found this happiness and this freedom when you were traveling and you could every morning decide what you wanted to do that day and where you wanted to go. And um, then you were wondering if you could find that same kind of happiness when you would come back to Europe. So how did you find it? And yeah, what did you do then? So when I came to Malta, I said I need to find a job that inspires me, that fulfills me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and beforehand, I was, was attending various training courses in different fields. And when I was seeing these trainers, I was like, that's an interesting job. And I was given the opportunity, you know, to take that role. But I never thought that, you know, it might fit me. So when I came back to Malta, I was in a bar and I was having a chat with, a, with an ex-colleague of mine. And, and I told her, I told her, now I will only consider jobs related to training because this is what fulfills me. And she told me, oh, actually, we are looking for a trainer. And... It took a while up until, you know, this, this whole process uh, kicked in. And when I started that job, I said, yes, I'm so happy to be doing this job because it was a promise that I made and I'm keeping it. So mm-hmm. I felt proud that 
you know, I kept this happiness along with me from, from Latin America. Yeah. And, uh, and I realized, I mean, I've been training for 10 years now. And, wow. and this is, I, I say to myself, I guess my mission in this world is to share my knowledge. Because when you are teaching, you're not only just sharing your knowledge, but you're also gaining, you know, from your, from yeah. your audience, from your attendees. So, so that was the thing that, that, that I had said to myself and, and made sure, made sure that I abide with it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, and here I am. I mean, now years have passed by and I decided that I need to go into the entrepreneurial world and stop working nine to five and kick in, wow. you know, my, yeah, my own business and yeah. And yeah, so I'm still in the area of training, you know, because I, I, I love it. And, um, and yeah, why not? So, and this is why I keep on saying that once you find what is your, that, that button of happiness, you need to trigger it somehow. Mm, I like that. But I also like, yeah, that you're saying in having a, a job which fulfills you. And that's what you do. Um, and I mean, now nine to five, but when you're actually an entrepreneur, then even <laughs> you work even more hours. But as long True. as you love what you do, <laughs> gives you happiness. So um, yeah, I really, really like that. Apart from the job, I mentioned the job as the first thing because we spend most of our time working, right? Yeah. But there are other things which I did in order to... Uh, to pursue happiness, not only just when it comes to my financial world, but, you know, for example, um, I made sure that I am surrounded by people I look up to, you know, people who have have things to, you know, share and they are smarter than me, wiser than me, always want, you know, packed, packed with knowledge because I consider myself, I'm always thirsty for, for knowledge. When you are curious, you you tease your brain. And when you are teasing your brain, your whole body is active and alive. I rather spend my time learning new skills, empowering myself, you know, yeah. traveling, getting to know the world. I'd rather do that. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for sharing that story. I think that's very inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, I always ask uh, the main three questions. So the first one is, what does happiness mean to you? Being serene, calm. A lot of people have told me, especially close, close people, my family and very, very close friends, told me, Darin, we are seeing you different. And I'm like, how different? They told me you are calmer. It shows on your face. And I realize it's because I am happy. Mm. Obviously, I'm happy because I'm in love. And also because I'm physically fit. For me, health comes literally number one. Yeah. So when you, are, when you are healthy mentally, spiritually, and physically, automatically you are, you are happy. And before, I used to think that in order to be happy, you need someone else. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It comes from within you. 
So I needed to discover that within me first, I don't need anyone. So once I discovered that, automatically good things started coming my way. Like a like aura we have around us. And you attract, it's like a magnet I, I want, you know, yeah. and you attract good things as well. So yeah, this is happiness for me, being serene and being healthy. Yeah, wow. So how did you find that, I mean, within you, what that through traveling, or that you said like you had this epiphany that you don't need somebody else to make you happy, but it comes from within. Mind you, I was always independent in my life. So that helps as well. Like, for example, even when I travel, I travel alone. Mm. And I, I keep on hearing people, but how can you travel alone? You know, don't you get bored? I'm like, no, not at all. Sometimes I want to be alone because you're all the time, you know, in contact with people. So traveling definitely helps you. You can be happy, you know, with, with your own self. Like, I realized when I was eating alone, I was happy. When I was watching a movie in the cinema, I was happy. When I was alone in the hotel room, I was happy. Obviously, it, it's, it's self, it, its roots come from self-confidence as well. Mm. So I had to work on that. It's a mindset thing, you know, how you look at things. Yeah. And I also, also learned how not to take things personally. This helped me a lot because yeah. sometimes people make comments and you start doubting yourself. Mm. And, and I started doing research. I, I, I spoke with various mentors. I spoke to a therapist. And, you know, it's a process that you get to, get to do to, to discover yourself. Mm. And also cut ties with toxic people. You don't need... You don't need those people to keep on, you know, telling you only negative things. No. You don't need people who who do not share your happiness or backstab you. I mean, you don't get to choose your family, but hey, you get to choose your friends. Yeah. So I am being very picky when it comes to having certain friends around me. Mm. Okay, so first you said you're like discovering yourself, right? And yeah. then are cutting toxic people as far as you can. And the third thing was to not take things personally. Oh, and yes, I think yes. that's actually very, very profound because people sometimes, I mean, treat you in a way and then to know that it's not about you, but it is about them. And it's probably because, you know, they are not happy, at least not in, in that moment. And they maybe let whatever negative emotions they have out on you, but it's not really about you. I think that's a very exactly. good <laughs> yeah, yes, way yes, of, yes. of living. Yeah. And, and I guess something else that I can share with the audience is listen to, to podcasts, mm. listen to audio, um, videos, people who, who share out their good knowledge. Mm. You know, and, and this inspired me a lot and it helped me as well, you know. I was yeah. watching a lot of a lot of videos or TED Talks or listening to podcasts, you know, and, and also I was cutting news. We started off our our conversation by, by you asking me what are the statistics of COVID cases here in Malta? And I answered you, I don't follow. I don't want to hear the news. 
even in my car, I don't listen to the radio stations. <laughs> I hear to, I hear my music, yeah. downloaded music, you know, because I'm fed up of hearing these ads. So I also cut on interruptions. Yeah. Well, nice. So now you answered already a little bit, but because the next question would be, what do you actually do to be happy? Definitely being active, as in practicing sport. So I discovered a new sport, but it's not discovered a new sport. I started practicing a new sport, which is squash. And I must say squash is pretty demanding, you know, yeah. because even though you're playing against the wall, but you need to 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 move a lot and 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 i love it i love it mm. and um so obviously being 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 active in the sense mm. teasing my brain i i do i attend a lot of events when it comes to quizzes and for example um, even when it comes to board games i try to use these games that tease my brain so you know i I make sure that my brain is, hey, like, wake up. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, like I told you before, cutting, cutting out of your life, anything which, which you don't need to, toxic people, toxic news, distractions on your phone. The phone is a, a big distraction. My mobile is all the time silent. Mine too. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes my partner tells me, like, why is your phone silent? I tried calling you, you know. But, but I, I do have it on silent for a reason because I don't want to be all the time tempted to look out, you know, mm. at my phone for, for any little thing that you, you get, you know. So, yeah, this is basically in a nutshell how I try to be happy and have this smile. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love that smile for everybody who's watching, like you can see. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really the happiness shining out of you. Um, and then, yeah, my, my third and final question is, what was the happiest moment in your life? I would say the first one was when we got the multi-citizenship. So for for all those who, who, who listen to, to the podcast from the beginning um, I'm Lebanese so that means I'm a third country national obviously to compare to the local over here in Malta and that implied a lot of bureaucracy to go through mm. a lot of papers to go through a lot of hardships to go through financial financial limitations that we had to go through and after a lot of pushings, obviously, when we submitted the, the application form to, to get the citizenship, we were rejected many times mm. up until um, a person pushed, pushed for our file and we finally got the citizenship. And that moment was meant happiness because some of you might take it for granted because maybe you've never witnessed it or felt what it feels like. But in our case, it meant it meant freedom. Freedom of movement. Freedom to do, to work in, in, in anything we wanted. 
freedom to get allowances, freedom to access the health system. Many, 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 many factors. So that was one of the happiest moments for me and my family because before, for example, it might sound trivial, but I'm going to share it with you. For example, if we had to organize a school trip and when you go to the airport, you have one, one side, you know, all European citizens and the other one, other passports. And all my, my classmates would go through and me waiting there in the queue, getting, you know, mm. scrutinized or analyzed or, you know, checking, uh, you know. And that bothered me. Bothered me because I felt less. Yeah. But it was a procedure you can't do otherwise, you know. So now once, once I got it, I realized, wow, what it meant, you know. And it could be any other thing, you know, that sometimes we take for granted. But once it's been taken away from you or, or, or given to you, you appreciate it more. Yeah. So, wow. so yeah, um, the multi-citizenship was definitely the best. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I actually, yeah. I do have a goosebumps uh, hearing that. Because... Oh. <laughs> I, I really feel like from my heart, I mean, for everybody who is listening, you know, has a like European passport. Or, I mean, you know, like, I think they're one of the best passports, like, in the world. And you are actually so free. And as you say, so many people take it for granted that they can literally go everywhere. With a German passport, you can go to, I don't know, 173 countries without needing a visa. And exactly. when I lived in, in Kenya, I had a very good friend and he was from India and he could literally go to two countries in the world without exactly. a visa. And if he wants to go somewhere, like it's impossible. Like, and I can just choose and I can just like pick any country in the world and just go. As you also say, sometimes when it's been taken away. So that's what I realized when um, COVID hit. And I was actually here in South America in Argentina and I had to go back to Europe and then nobody knew how long it will be. And then, yeah, they were basically like all borders were closed. And it was the first time, I mean, in my life, like I couldn't go <laughs> anywhere, wow. especially in that time where I planned to travel. So I planned the same trip as you did, but the other way around from Argentina to Mexico. Then it was just like, okay, borders are closed and people couldn't even see I mean, their families or partners, if they were like just living in, in Austria and Germany and, and that border was never closed. I mean, since I'm alive, <laughs> a crazy experience. I guess that's where people maybe felt like how it would be if you're actually from somewhere where not all doors are open and you cannot, you know, drive freely from one country to the other and work everywhere as well, as you say. Like I could just go basically to any country um, in Europe and just work there and like what that actually means and to appreciate that I mean that's um, yeah really really profound so I, I can really like feel how much that yes. changed the life for you and your family and I'm very happy that you you got that and you have that freedom oh, and you yeah. could also yes. then I mean live your dream and, and actually traveling and indeed, um, indeed. Uh, yeah. so now when I meet a third country national I want to help them out because I was, I was in their shoes. I know what it means like, you know, not finding a job, you know, not having access to, to the basic things, you know. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. don't take it for granted what, of what yeah. you have. <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. 
Oh my God. Is there any, any book you read which inspired you, you would like to share with the listener? I love psychology a lot and I read about also body language. And there was a, there is a book, it's called The Five Languages of Love. And that book, I want to recommend it to couples Mm. because it's very important to understand what is your love language and that of your partner Mm. so that you find a way how you can communicate better. For example, in my case, my number one uh, language of love is acts of service. Mm. I am not easily impressed by words. So if my partner keeps on telling me, I love you, I love you, okay, I appreciate it. That's not enough for me, you know? I need to see action. Mm. And my partner, my partner's um, primary language is physical touch. So I didn't know that. So it's very, very important to understand. It's a quiz. Basically, you, you, you Google it and, and you'll find the book and there's a quiz, you do it, share it with other people. And, and it's very interesting. And actually, it, it, it makes your life better and happier, I must say. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm very happy you mentioned that. I read that book actually myself. And it's also interesting because my first love language is quality time. And uh-huh. um, my partner's is words of affirmation. So um, <laughs> it's also very different. So yeah, the book basically um, teaches you in a very simple way how to understand the love language um, of your partner or you could even with your family or your friends and then you know what to, to give them. So because yeah, if you tell somebody whose love language is physical touch all day, like I love you, but you would never really hug them, hold their hands or kiss them, they wouldn't feel love. Even if you exactly. say it all the time and you don't understand because your first love language is like words of affirmation. You're like, but why? And if you yes. know, then yeah, you can actually give your, your partner what they need and they can give you what you need and that makes everything yeah, so much easier. Yeah, I will put that in show notes for sure. And I will also, yeah, I will put your, your contact as well because we didn't, uh, we talked about this before, but yeah, you're a trainer and you will eventually like start your own business training people in public speaking and also, mm-hmm. yeah, management skills. So if people want to look you up and follow you, and I will put all the details in the show notes so people can find you. Thank you so much, Nadine, for this opportunity. Uh, honestly, I, I really appreciate whatever you are doing and, and initiating this, this podcast. Uh, people need to hear these things, I think, sometimes or to be reminded, you know, and not to be yeah. discouraged. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your beautiful story and your smile. And yeah, keep shining the thank light you. into the world. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. And I really hope you managed to come to Malta. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Happiness Safari podcast. If you want to get in touch with Doreen and learn more about public speaking, I put all the links in the show notes for you. I would love to connect with you more. So if you like, follow me on Instagram and comment under the post of this episode what you took away for yourself. It makes me always so happy to read and hear from you. I wish you a lovely day wherever in the world you are. Talk to you soon. Namaste.